Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I want to welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jashub, which means a remnant shall return. This program is brought to you by the fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. And today, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, author of the new book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, will be continuing a sermon in his series on heavenly authority. In this introduction to the section on the gifts, the offices, and the workings in the New Testament, Pastor has been discussing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When we left off, he was in Acts chapter 8, when the apostles go to Samaria to lay hands on the new believers in Jesus. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. You notice here that when they lay hands upon the people and they receive the Holy Spirit, verse 18, and Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, something happens, right? Something is manifest for him to say, wow, look what's going on. Not only do these people they believe the testimony of Philip and been baptized in water. But look what's happening to them now that Peter and John have laid hands upon them. He sees something manifest, so much so that he wants a part of this also, but his heart is wicked and he doesn't understand. And he's trying to pervert the way of God. My point is that there was a manifestation of the filling, of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit falling on them. Clear manifestation that even Simon understood something's going on here. Subsequent to their being baptized in water. Subsequent to them receiving the word of God and accepting Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 17 and Ananias, not bad Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias the one that God, the Lord, tells to go and, and speak to Paul. Went his way and entered the house. And there's Paul, he's blinded right from the light. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, and again you have the laying on of hands. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Ananias has gotten this word from the Lord. How does he even know what's happened to Paul? Verse 10, back in chapter 9, Now there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision. So technically it's a vision. Ananias, here I am. And then he goes and explains to him that he should go to the soul of Tarsus, who's praying so that he may receive his sight. So going back to verse 17, he says to him, He sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and he was baptized. And it's implied there that he received his sight and he received the Holy Spirit. So Paul, most likely from this, got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then got up and got baptized in water. And then Saul went out and preached. And Saul told in the Corinth, I speak in tongues more 
than all of you. Paul worked under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 10, we've seen the Samaritans. Now we see the full Gentiles. You have this Cornelius, this Gentile. And you read how God has this plan. He works it all out. He gives Peter the vision. He works it all out to bring the message of salvation to Cornelius and his household. And if we look down, I believe it's verse 44. While Peter, Peter comes and he preaches to Cornelius who greets him, his whole household. While Peter was still speaking, he's in the middle of preaching. He hasn't even finished the sermon. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed, those with Peter, the Jews, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit falling upon them. Look at the words. The Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured, poured out on the Gentiles also, the gift fallen upon, showered, poured out on the Gentiles also, verse 46, what? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There's a manifestation. Now, it doesn't necessarily just have to be speaking in tongues. It could be prophesying, right? In Acts chapter 2, they spoke with tongues, the Spirit gave utterance, and Peter gets out and he speaks in boldness, and he says, the Spirit will be poured out in those days. They shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams on men servants and maid servants. Your young men shall see visions. But there is a manifestation. I don't agree with those who say it has to be tongues as an initial evidence. I know in my own personal experience, I have told the testimony several times, I had been reading the Bible. Uh, I had accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. I went into my place of business, and those who knew me as an agnostic, when they were making fun of the man that worked there who had witnessed to me, um, he had left the office. He went on a sales call, and I was between sales calls, and you had the office workers and the warehousemen. Everybody was there. You know, it was around 3 o'clock. They were all kind of lazying around, and they're talking about that gym and his Jesus stuff, and they looked to me and said, what do you think about him? And I said, I said well, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said that Jesus was just a man but now I say he's God. And you could have heard a pin drop in that room and all these eyes looking at me. And I, I could, you know, you have the feeling of the eyes looking at you. you know? now, now it doesn't bother me, right? Back then it bothered me. And I left and I got in the car, I'm shaking, and I'm saying, Lord, I can't do this. It's just not in me. I can't do, if I have to do that every day, I want to do it, but I can't do it. I cannot do that. I need your Holy Spirit. Send me your Holy Spirit. I don't know a Baptist or a Pentecostal. I come from a Catholic background, right? And mostly liberal Catholic priests in Malloy. I don't know anything about gifts of the Holy Spirit, the argument between the Baptist church and the Pentecostal churches, right? And I'm there in the car looking up to heaven drive and saying, Lord, send me your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I got showered. It, I could feel it all around me, down my arms, down my back, over my head. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And within a week, I was told to go into the hospital and lay hands on the person, and that person was healed. And they accepted Jesus Christ. I didn't speak in tongues yet. It was about three weeks later in the car, driving home, shower with the Holy Spirit, singing, having the Christian radio station on, singing Christian songs. All of a sudden, tongues start to come out. So I can't say in my case that tongues was an initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was power that came down from on high. I was able to go on my calls. I was giving out Bibles to every purchasing agent I could come across. There was power, and I could feel the shower of the Holy Spirit. There was a, a gift of the Holy Spirit of healing, and then there was tongues. And I've spoken in tongues ever since. But there's a manifestation. Something happens. It's not just quiet Christianity. There's something that bubbles out. You can feel the witness of the Holy Spirit, and evidence follows that. And that's what's happening to these people. Some could be speaking in tongues. Some could be prophesying. Some could just be magnifying God with outstretched hands. And in the case of Cornelius, the other Jews that are with Peter look and say, wow, these are Gentiles. We think we're doing such a great thing, letting the Gentiles in on this salvation in Jesus. And before we even finish the sermon, look what's happening here. They saw them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as what? We have. Just as the day of Pentecost. Right? For you and for your children, all generations, for all who are far off, Jew, Samaritan, yeah, even the Gentiles, even the Romans, even the Greeks, to all whom the Lord our God, to all whom the Lord our God will call. And he commanded them to be baptized. They still needed to go through the procedure of being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus into water. How can we forbid them water when Jesus has baptized them in his Holy Spirit? Okay. Doesn't stop at the day of Pentecost. Keeps going. If you look in chapter 19 and verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Something about these disciples. A disciple is a learner of Jesus Christ. So they know about Jesus. They're proclaiming Jesus. There's something not quite right, not quite total, for Paul to say to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? When you believed in Jesus, when you believed he was the Messiah, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. Maybe they know the Old Testament scriptures, the Spirit of God, and they don't have the concept of Father, Son, Spirit. But they certainly don't know that they're supposed to have this experience in the Holy Spirit. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. And you get a hint of what's going on there. They believed in Jesus as Messiah probably because John pointed to Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So they have faith in him as the Messiah. 
but it's not a personal faith because he says to them, into what then will you baptize? So they said into John's baptism. They knew they were sinners. They knew they needed to repent and they went into the water and they received John's baptism. And then when they heard that John pointed to Jesus, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. But it wasn't a personal belief. There's a lot of people that believe Jesus is the Christ and they're in this situation. They don't understand that until we immerse ourselves into his shed blood and say, Lord, not my life, but yours. Live your life in me. Until, and that's what that water of baptism symbolized. Unfortunately, a lot of people get baptized in water today as a church ceremony, not understanding that this is not an initiation to a church or into an organization. You're going into the Lord Jesus Christ. You're saying, Lord, I'm dying to myself. I'm dead. And as I come out of that water, I'm rising to you. Live your life in me, which means what? I need to receive the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Really, it's not a separate it's a continuous process, right? If you really get baptized in water the right way, your heart is open to receiving all the Holy Spirit has for you. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets 10 a.m. for Sunday service at the Memorial Hall in Madison, Connecticut. Directions to our church and a library of Bible study programs are on our website, at www.shiarjeshub.org. We also have a link to information on Pastor Greg Scalzo's new book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Divided into 30 lessons, this very doable workshop on prayer will bring you into the victorious hand of God's blessings. Join us next time for Shiar Jeshub.